0: Hmm. Recorded live. That is it muted? Oh, it was oh. muted. Testing, testing. Okay. All right. It's all right. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Testing, testing. Yeah. Testing, testing. Testing. One. Testing, two two. Three. Testing, uh, testing, uh, testing. Testing, testing. Testing, testing. All right. Uh, Testing, testing. Okay. hope this goes, uh, because I
1: definitely want to do this on the tape. Okay. Let's take a look at Job, Chapter 1. Okay. All right. Go ahead and lay down. I'm taping. I'm taping. All right. Tragedy Strikes Job, Part 1, Chapters 1 and 2. The Greatness of Job's Character, Chapter 1, Verses 1-12. through Read Chapter 1, the first 12 verses of this chapter, Heaven's Testimony of Job's Greatness of Character. Job was perfect and upright. God even declared this to the adversary, Satan. He was a man who feared God and shunned evil. This is the hallmark of wisdom, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Although Job was very wealthy, he was also very humble. Actually, money money has nothing to do with pride or humility. Sometimes people who are poor are very proud, and sometimes people who are rich are very dependent upon God. Job was also a good father. He always wanted to know where his children were, what they were doing. He rose up early every morning to pray for them. He offered expensive sacrifices for each one of them. Job was concerned even with their attitudes and the wayward tendencies, saying, it may be that my sons have cursed God in their hearts, thus he prayed for them continually. In verses 6 to 12, the narrative changes from an earthly scene to heaven here. We see a discussion between the Lord and Satan, and the subject is Job. God is the one who initiated the conversation, and he is the author of the upcoming trial. The time had come for Job to be tested. Since Satan had always wanted to be number one, the Lord provoked Satan to me, by praising Job. He induced the adversary to ask for permission to remove Job's blessing, which God granted. Job's trial in three major stages. One, the initial onslaught, Job lost all his possessions. Satan was permitted to take everything he owned. Hundreds of his employees were killed. And on the same day, all of his children perished in a violent storm. Yet God did not permit permit Satan to touch Job, Job 1.12. After Job passed the first test, Satan was given permission to afflict his body, but he was not allowed to take his life. Satan can only go as far as the Lord says and not an inch further. Then his wife, relatives, and the people of that region turned against him and his closest friends misunderstood and misjudged him, and further still the Lord kept silent. It was a horrible situation, a horrible trial. Anyone who criticizes Job has not suffered. Job's remarkable response, Job's reaction to all of this was remarkable. Satan had said, take away all that he has and he will curse you to your face, God. Therefore, God allowed Satan to strip him from everything. How did Job respond to all of this? He blessed the Lord, falling down before him in worship. What a blow to Satan. We need right attitudes and responses in order to defeat Satan. We overcome Satan by refusing to respond as he would. Job declared, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Not only was this a death blow to Satan, it was also an exhibition of the highest form of worship possible. Job was now offering the sacrifice of thanksgiving after losing everything. The right response to injury spares man from the pit. Not only was Job's right response to injury a blow to Satan, it also kept Job from sliding down into a deep pit. Most emotional problems, depression, and suicide start from an injury. When a man or woman does not receive grace from God, the heart becomes infected with bitterness. Whenever there's an injury, God offers us grace. Grace is actually a substance. God deposits this substance called grace into us when we are in need. If a person hardens his heart, refuses grace, and chooses to cherish a wound or offense, then he will become very bitter. If the person continues to harden his heart, he will dig himself into a very deep and horrible pit. Eventually, the victim will no longer be able to cope with life and may even attempt suicide. We have seen this happen to a number of Christian brethren. Mm. It's horrible. People destroy themselves, not their circumstances. The real harm in life comes from what people do to themselves. The Apostle Paul shouted to a man who was attempting to commit suicide, stop, do no harm. Men and women do wrong to themselves and ruin themselves by their sins and by wrong responses to life's difficulties. If we do not hurt ourselves, then no one else and nothing else can really hurt us. If we live right, everything plotted against us will ultimately turn to our benefit. Mm. When we harden our hearts, we are destroying ourselves and we are committing spiritual suicide. No one else is doing it to us, though we may claim they are. In actual fact, we're doing it to ourselves. The ten trials Israel faced in the wilderness did not harm them, it was their response to the trials. Is what harmed them. The ten trials were ordained of God to bless them, to build them, to prepare them for Canaan. We determine our own destiny. And it's somewhat true. Look, we're in the TI program. We know it's horrific. They took all your money away. They took, you know, my case and family, my sister, dad, horrific. But I thank God for this thing called grace and mercy. And right now, you know, look, they're trying to virtually take me out, put suspension orders on me, set me up with the police. I mean, but I'm here to give praise and glory. I learned from my sister Ann. In the midst of this hardship, I'm going to give God the praise and the glory. And I learned from these readings, these teachings, these teachable, I learned by having a teachable spirit. I pray for my nephew, Heavenly Father, because that spirit is not teachable. And you have to be when you're going through this. You have to be a you have to have a teachable spirit, a learnable spirit. You have to be willing to just. You have to be humbled, and you have to realize you you can't. Ain't no lawsuit, no affidavit, no bullet. Ain't nothing gonna take this down. This is spiritual warfare. The only way to win in spiritual warfare is to get, to get your groove on in the Word of God. That's it, to grow in God. And this is the only place I have seen, and I've been everywhere. This is the only place I've seen that has a promise ending that things are going to turn around. Nobody else has been able to promise me that. So when we harden our hearts, we're destroying ourselves and we're committing spiritual suicide. No one else is doing it to us. In actual fact, we are doing it to ourselves. The ten trials Israel faced in the wilderness did not harm them. Their response to the trials is what harmed them. The ten trials were ordained to God to bless them and prepare them for Canaan. We determine our own destiny. Someone else does not do it for us. We are the only one who can really harm ourselves. It's not the devil, offenders, or anything else. Ultimately, we are the ones who destroy ourselves by wrong responses to life's troubles. There will be no pointing of the figure, finger in the day of judgment. Abigail was married to a fool, yet she had a beautiful continent and possessed good understanding. Abigail did not say my life is ruined because of my husband the fool. She did not use her husband for an excuse to go her way, own way, as some spouses do. Consider what people do to themselves. They oppose themselves. They harden themselves. They corrupt themselves. They make themselves vile. They pollute themselves. They cut themselves. They judge themselves unworthy of everlasting life. It was Job's right response to injury that saved him. Also, his right confession gave him the victory over Satan. We overcome the adversary by the word of our testimony. What we say when we are in pain is very important. Knowing our adversary, 2 Corinthians 2.11. Since the book of Job has a dialogue between God and the adversary in the first two chapters, I'd like to spend a little time on the subject of knowing your foe. Every believer should understand that jealousy is the motivating force behind everything Satan does. Jealousy is always associated with the desire to be number one. When Satan tried to usurp the throne from God, he was cast down. From the time of his rebellion and demotion, Satan has been driven and tormented with jealousy. He covets every position of power. He does not want anyone to have any of the blessings he forfeited. Most of all, Satan has a special hatred toward anyone who is going to replace him, men and women like yo. Wow. And T.I.'s then. You know, this is about getting that angelic role. And that's why, I guess, yeah, that's why he's trying to break down so many of God's people. Like, yo, you ain't getting my 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 slot in heaven. I'd rather leave it vacant. So if he mess up all of God's people... Nobody is get it. I mean, that's one thinking, but let's see.
0: Um, between.
1: All right. Since the book of Job has a dialogue between God and the adversary in the first two chapters, I'd like to spend a little time on the subject of knowing your enemy, your foe. Every believer should understand that jealousy is the motivating force behind everything Satan does. Has Thou not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he hath on every side? They was asking about Job. It is obvious that Satan had been observing Job and all of his work for some time. He had wanted to get to him and destroy him, but could not because God had put a wall of protection around everything he had. God, we thank you for that hedge. This hedge protected Job, his home, his family, his business, and everything he had. We are warned by Peter to be on guard because Satan, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Satan will seek to destroy us and our family if he can. Thus, we must walk in wisdom. Take away all that he has, and he will curse you to your faces, what the Satan was telling God. Observe the cynicism of Satan. Constantly he questions the good motives of others. He is called the accuser of the brethren in Revelation 12.10. In fact, he was saying to the Lord, no one really loves you. The The only reason Job is serving you is because of all the benefits. Take away all the blessings and he will curse you to your face." Satan is a jealous, tormented being. those these traits are rooted in pride, and Satan is full of pride. Pride never allows anyone to have rest. Notice also from verses one seven to two two that he walks up and down in the earth and goes to and from, signifying his restlessness mm.
0: All that a man has
1: all that a man has. Will he give for his life? Satan knows where man is vulnerable. Thus, he uses terrorism and fear to manipulate man. Wow. Oh, my God. This is the TI program. Wow. Again, Satan knows where a man is vulnerable. Thus, he uses terrorism and fear to manipulate man. Today, we see his tactics of blackmail, hostage-taking, and ransom demands because he knows all that a man has will he give for his life. Satan was saying, let me touch his flesh, and then surely he will turn against you. God gave Satan permission to afflict Job, but was in limits. He could not take his life. Satan went out quickly and afflicted him. Now, see, if if Job didn't know God, he probably would have taken his own life. That's what they're saying. If we let bitterness run us, that's probably what would have happened. Satan went out quickly and afflicted him with sore boils. Uh, Job acknowledges God as the Lord of the situation for all. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Once again, Satan was dealt a severe blow. Job proved Satan wrong yet another time. Job did not curse God. His spiritual roots went down a long, long way, and as seen by the way he reacted, Job was a deep worshiper of Jehovah. He was accustomed to giving thanks to God in the good times. And in the bad times, as well, me. Oh, me. since thou was precious in my sight, therefore, will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Can you imagine what God was willing to sacrifice to get at the heart of one big man in order to do a mighty work in job and to leave a message to all succeeding generations? God was willing to sacrifice job's family, business, health, reputation, and many servants. But remember, the one who sacrificed and suffered the most was the Lord himself. Surely the Lord would reward Job double at the end and give him an eternal, honorable name. Points to remember about Satan. Again, listen carefully, T.I.s. This is critical for us. Points to remember about Satan. Number one, he has limited power. Oh, God, thank you. He can do nothing unless God allows it. All power belongs to God. See Job 1:12. The angry waves of the sea represent the assaults of the devil, to which God says, "Here too shalt thou come, but no further." And there, here shall thy proud waves be stayed. God draws a line and says, "You cannot come any further." Point number two. So Satan has limited power. Point two. Satan still has great wisdom, although he was perverted. Although he has perverted it, behold the the Bible says, behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. there is no secret that they can hide from thee ezekiel twenty eight three Satan is not to be taken lightly or made fun of. We do not have the victory over him unless we are walking in humility. Mm. And unless we have the mind of the Lord for each situation he is controlling, we should never rail or mock him. Jude 9. Wow. Wow. Mm. He is tormented and restless. These conflicts stem from the tremendous pride in his heart. Anyone with great pride will suffer from mental and emotional conflicts. To lose face is agony to the proud. A humble person has no face to lose. Observe that Satan has no peace, for he is found going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. Job 1:7. Proverbs 13.10 declares, Only by pride come his contentions. Arguments, debates, controversies, and intellectualism are all rooted in pride. And Satan, who's full of pride, is the author of all these things. Wow. Number four, another thing we know we need to know about Satan, his greatest weapon is his mouth. A serpent's power is always in his tongue. Satan is a lie and the father of lies. Sin entered into man through uh, through his through his rationalization, second Corinthians eleven three. The nation of the world are deceived because of his tongue, Revelation 12:9. Christians, too, continue to have problems in their lives because of believing his lies. You'll never make it. There's no hope. Things will not get better. In Matthew 4, 3, Satan is also called the tempter. Next point, about Satan, right attitudes and responses to injury bruise Satan. Every time we refuse to act like Satan, <clears throat> excuse me, We gained the victory over him. Satan had a good beginning but became bitter. It was a choice. An injury or test will make us bitter or better. In Christ's temptation, Matthew 3, 1, Satan was trying everything in his power to make the Lord Jesus act like himself. Satan wanted Jesus to use his power indiscreetly and then be able to say to him, you're no better than I am. You have no power over me. Jesus as a man for man refused to be like Satan and gained the dominion over him. We overcome Satan by the word of our testimony. Revelation twelve, eleven. That's what did I say. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Job's testimony of thanksgiving to the Lord after his agonizing loss of everything was a death blow to Satan. Read Job 1, verse 20 to 22. Satan had said, if you take away all his blessings, he will curse you to your face. Satan was wrong. Satan is necessary for our refining. The main reason God still has Satan around is to test the believers. The devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, Revelation 2.10. Satan will be destroyed eternally when God is finished using him to test us, Revelation 20:10. And the devil that deceived him was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. His doom is sure and he knows it, Matthew
0: 25:41.
1: God created hell for Satan and his angels and all the rebellious people who follow him. Anyone who goes to hell will be there by his own choosing. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God himself has bled and died for our pardon. When man rejects the message of love and pardon, he has chosen to go to hell. Judgment is eternal. God created him perfect. He became evil by choice. Thou wast perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. How art thou fallen from heaven on Lucifer? Satan and his angels fell because of their great rebellion. They were not created rebellious. It was a choice. Satan fell because of unthankfulness and pride. Read Isaiah fourteen twelve. God had bestowed upon him extraordinary beauty, wisdom, authority, and charisma, but all of these were not enough. He wanted more. Lucifer became extremely unthankful and proud, then defiant. He wanted to be God. Unthankfulness is the first step to backsliding. Satan wanted... Satan fell because of unthankfulness, right Satan wanted equal rights. I will be like the Most High God. He demanded equal voice with God. Satan is the father of equal rights of the equal rights movement. Satan undermines leadership and authority on every level because of his jealousy to be in control and to be at the top. Jealousy is always the result of self-seeking motives, the desire to be number one. Satan demanded equal voice with God because his foolish desire was denied. He has resented God ever since and sought to turn everyone in heaven and earth against him. He was able to sway a third of the angels against God. Notice in Revelation 12:4 that his tail draws these angels. In other words, he is their head or leader. In Revelation 12, Satan is portrayed as a dragon, although he is an archangel. Change of name signifies change of character. The fact that his name was changed from Lucifer, light bearer to Satan, adversary slanderer, it signifies a change of character from good to evil. God did not create him evil. Everything God makes is good. God is good. The phrase in Isaiah forty five seven says, I make peace and create and create evil. It does not suggest that God is the author of sin as some have asserted. The use of the word evil in Isaiah forty five seven can be translated sorrow, adversity, affliction, calamity. Sacred scripture describes Job's trial as an evil which God sent. Read Job forty two eleven, King James Version. <clears throat> God did not give him the gift of repentance. Because of the light Lucifer possessed, his rebellion was considered irremissible. His uprising was committed right in the face of God. For this very reason, pardon was not offered to the fallen angels either. Man is, and that's Second 2 Peter 2.4 and Jude 1.6. Man is veiled from the light and still has the opportunity to repent. Paul was shown mercy because his transgressions were done in ignorance and unbelief. See 1 Timothy 1.13. Satan knows his doom is sure, and so do the demons. Mm. The demons in Matthew 8.29 were horrified when they saw the Lord and cried, Have you come to torment us before the time? Demons are conscious of their coming judgment, and they panic at the thought of it. The devils believe and tremble, according to James 2.19. Satan knows his time is short, thus he's doing everything in his power to injure God by turning others against him. His purpose is to inflict as much damage as he can, and he desires to take as many with him as he can into judgment. All this is done in an attempt to get back at God. We should understand what is motivating Satan. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.11, we're not ignorant of his schemes, of his devices. We should not be devil conscious, which which have not known the depths of Satan. It is unwise to fill your mind with the things of darkness. We should not look for a, a demon in every corner or be overly involved in the study of heathen religions. We must not learn the way of the heathen. Instead, let us dwell on the light on Jesus. Satan says God has no love. Satan accuses God of having no love. The fallen nature in man does the same. God's son coming to earth to die for man is eternal proof to the universe that he really cares. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. Christ gives us power over Satan as a man. Jesus defeated Satan in every aspect. Christ gives us authority over Satan as we walk humbly with God. Truthfully, we only have authority over Satan when we are moving in the spirit and have the mind of the Lord in every situation. Sometimes God has appointed time for healing or deliverance and no amount of taking authority over the devil will work. We must be moving in the Spirit. And in God's will. What Satan is guilty of, he accused Job of. Satan has said of Job, he's only serving you because of the blessings. Just take away the blessings, he'll curse you to your face. Satan was saying he is only serving you for selfish benefits. Unfortunately, what Satan accused Job of is true of him, of him himself and some believers. Multitudes follow Jesus only because he is meeting their needs. The fact is God loves to bless us and meet our every need, but God is also looking for a bride who loves him, not only for the blessings, but simply because she loves him. Otherwise, she would be immature, selfish, self-seeking, and self-centered. This was the only good reason Lucifer served the Lord. It was only for what he could get for himself. God is going to test all of our hearts to see what we're really, are we really serving him for? Lucifer only serve the Lord as long as everyone was praising him and standing in awe of his beauty, charm, wisdom, charisma. He was the talk of heaven. He Was he thankful? No. All he wanted was more and more and more and more for himself. God had to demote him because of his folly and pride. Was Lucifer sorry for his pride and defiance? No. He was only sorry because of his demotion. Therefore, it is obvious that he was only serving God for the blessings. The very same thing that he was that he was most guilty was what he used as an accusation against Job. God tested Abraham to see if if God was number one in his life or if the promises and blessings were number one. When Abraham willingly offered Isaac back to God, it was not only a testimony to God but also to Satan. The spirit world knows if we're serving God out of love for him or because we want something for ourselves. God longs to have something to say to his accusers. He longs to be able to say to Satan, here is someone who is not like you, Satan. He or she loves me whether I give or remove the blessings. They have defeated you, Satan. We excuse me, we will replace Satan and his angels. Satan has great hatred for mankind, especially for the believers. He knows that some of us are going to replace him. Now, that one-third of the angels have been cast out of heaven. Undoubtedly, there are vacancies which will be occupied by the redeemed. The overcomers, in particular, are given the privilege of judging the angels and running the affairs of the kingdom of God. Those who replace Satan will have passed the test that he failed. Perhaps the ultimate test will be on the issue of motives and affections. Men like Job and Abraham proved that God and the will of God were more important than then the blessings, the promises, the prestige, and the glory. You and I need to know upon that what we have centered in our hearts, are you serving God only because he meets certain conditions? Have you set deadlines for God or delivered ultimatums to him? If you're serving God only if he meets your conditions, you are not going to defeat Satan. We have come to do thy will, O God. Job was perfect. All right, summary of chapters 1 and 2. Job was perfect and upright. He was living to all the light God had given him. He, featured the Lord. he feared the Lord. This fears the beginning of wisdom. Therefore, Job was a wise man. He had ten children, seven sons, and three daughters. Job prayed for his children every day. He was concerned even for their attitudes. He was very wealthy, yet he was also very humble. Job was the greatest man in his whole region. He had an outstanding reputation. Satan still has access to heaven appearing mm, among the sons of God on a certain day in heaven. Wow, Satan still has access to heaven, appearing among the sons of God on a certain day in heaven. God provoked Satan to jealousy when he brought up the subject of Job's greatness. God initiated the trial on Job. Satan charged that Job only served God for the benefit. Satan had tried to attack Job on previous occasions, but he was hindered because of a hedge of protection. The adversary said that if Job's blessings were removed, Job would curse God to his face. God gave Satan a license to remove all Job's possessions and family but he could not touch Job. The hedge was removed by God not because of a negative confession by Job. In one day Satan destroyed everything Job owned. Job was the most righteous man in his generation yet he experienced catastrophe. Satan was trying to exasperate Job by hitting him with everything at once. Job had great peace. He shaved himself and fell down in worship. Job's responsive worship dealt a blow to Satan's charge that he would curse God. Job did not sin with his lips. Most of the sins we commit are with the tongue. The right response to injury and loss saved Job's mental, emotional, and spiritual health. After passing the first test, Job was qualified for the second phase. Now Satan wanted to strike his body. Satan knows how dear man's health is. Job still maintained his integrity even after being struck from head to foot with boils. Mm. Job's wife could not handle the test. In hysteria, she told Job, curse God and die. Job told, that's what the wife said, Job told his wife to get under control and to expect difficult times as well as good time from God's hands. Still, Job did not sin with his lips. This is absolutely remarkable. Now, Job is visited by three close friends who are totally dumbfounded by by his trials. All right, except for chapters 1 and 2, the end of chapter 42, the book of Job is written in poetic style. From this point on, the style becomes poetic until the end of the book. Okay. Okay.
0: All right, we're going to stop there. The next
1: chapter will be the trial by three friends. His three closest friends come to comfort him, and they all telling him the wrong thing. Oh, you're going through this because of this, because of that. All along,
0: excuse me, it was God that, you know, lifted
1: that hedge of protection off of him to seek to get him to move to the next level, number one. And to see what he was made from.
0: So that's about it. And um that's
1: uh, I'm we look we look tonight at um Mr. Job and uh his the right response to injury to the right response to injury, the right response to ad adversary, uh to problems. And so Heavenly Father we just thank you for the meaningful lessons here. We thank you, God, for the information and knowledge on passing our test, God, that we're in preparation, Heavenly Father, and that devil don't want nobody to take his his slot. But, God, we know your hand is on us. You picked us, the TI community, the targeted individual community. Obviously, God, you believe we have a quality that we can walk in perfection according to your will, God. And, God, if that is where you want us to be, line us up, God. Whatever level you want us at in heaven, Heavenly Father, to be to help hold this earth together, God, I know I accept my assignment, God. I want to live out to be that woman you want me to be. I want to finish up my assignment. I thank you, God, for the privilege of being able to learn, Heavenly Father, about how to deal with these curses, these... uh, atrocity and we learn to give you the praise and the glory in the midst of any pain god we've learned that if we pass our test there's a blessing at the end and we thank you heavenly father and we praise your name for that blessing and god those people that didn't make it out that were just dumbfounded didn't know about this program god please be with them send your grace upon them i call Uh, My father, my sister, blessed, all of those married, blessed, innocent people, God, that may have died in whatever manner, Heavenly Father, you know why you removed the hedge of protection. And we ask you, God, just since you removed it, cover them, God, be with them. You know what's best, Heavenly Father. God, I ask you for a special blessing over my nephew, Elijah Scott, God, that he will be the man of God that you made him to be that he will be praising your name, that he will be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, Heavenly Father, that no weapon formed against him shall prosper. These demons are coming after him viciously. So I know he has a place in God's kingdom, and God, I ask you to just lead him there, guide him, direct him, Lord. Let him get to that place where you'd have him be, God. Bless Elijah Scott, Heavenly Father, from head to toe. Bless Heru Scott, cover him. God, I thank you for my darling mother. I thank you, God, for having her raise me up in the word of God, Heavenly Father, that when life's problems came, I didn't even consider suicide. I thought of homicide, not suicide. And I asked you, Lord, to take that thought away. But I didn't know what was going on. But I thank you, God, that I knew one thing. I had to find the word of God. I had to come to where I'm at. So I thank you, God. I had to learn. I had to understand. I said, this thing called evil, where did it come from? What is this? It did not mesh. And I found other TIs. That evil did not mesh mesh with us at all. And, God, we thank you that you put us together to become the warriors, Heavenly Father, the praying people, the praying down down strongholds, pray down rulership demons. To hit back to the pit of hell that they came from through the blood of Jesus, God. I stand on it. Every rulership demon trying to usurp authority, particularly over our governing structures, Heavenly Father, the judiciary. I bind, rebuke, and send them back to the pit of hell that they came from in the name of Jesus. And may they never have any power on this earth. As I go to that Bronx court tomorrow, God. Any rulership demon, false lawlessness demons, I please the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus, you'll have no effect on us. I bind up and rebuke everything associated with imposture judges, and you will go to the pit of hell that you came from, or you will be exposed and removed. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, in advance for the blessings you have before us. I give you all the praise. I thank you, God, for the test that's going to move us to the next level. I thank you, God. I praise you and I exalt your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody still awake
0: want to pray or comment? to <inaudible> <inaudible>
2: We want to give thee thanks for all the spiritual information that you pass over to us, O oh God. Without thee, we can do nothing but with God as we see all things can be possible. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We honor your matchless name, Heavenly Father. We thank our parents for teaching us the way, Lord, because we have to be taught. A lot of times people are living this life never heard of a word of God but help us to help others, Lord, just like we were helped. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We glorify your name. We thank you, Lord. Continue to strengthen us and guide us through your path. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. Bless Miriam. We thank you, Lord, for strengthening her and the upkeep. She's going through the spiritual warfare. In God's name, amen. Thank you, Lord.
0: Okay. Amen. God bless you guys. I know it was late. Any comments? Okay.